sure yeah. Your attention, please. We're gonna have a problem here. Your attention, please. And welcome to another episode of Yap Chicago. We appreciate you hitting play on wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at YapChicago underscore or on Instagram at YapChicago. You can also call us and leave us a message at 312-985-6006. As always, this episode is brought to you by Tribe Coffee Co. Light roast, dark roast, espresso, decaf. Don't miss out on the bold, rich flavors of Tribe Coffee. To support this local coffee company and the show, visit tribecoffeecode.com and enter the promo code YAPSHY for 10% off of your order. As always, my name is Edgar Perez. I am your host sitting here alongside, of course, my other two co-hosts, Lazy. Lazy F, baby, what to do? And also, of course, making his return from last week, Michael Bowling. Full-time return. We are so back. We are so lit. I gave out some bad picks last week. But we'll <laughs> Man, you jumping that. into that already, huh? You got to get that. We'll get to that. Got to get that off your back, huh? I'm just trying to change the vibes, man. I really thought Kyler Murray was going to come through. What a what a terrible performance! But it's a new week. I got new picks. We'll get through it. The football was very interesting. Uh, definitely that Kyler Murray Murray dud. I don't think anybody really expected that one. That was, that was kind of rough to watch for real. I don't yeah, think I've ever was... seen anything like that. That was ugly. It looked like he gave up like in the second quarter when he flicked the ball on like the two when he was in the in his own head zone. That yeah. was like the worst pass I've seen in this entire year. You know what's crazy is he did that earlier this season once. Like he tried to shovel a pass out of the end zone and it fell harmlessly. So he probably was like, Oh, I could just get this off. As soon as that play happened, I'm like, it's set my bed on fire. <laughs> Yeah, luckily I didn't um, have the Cardinal side of that bet. Well, I kind of did. I just threw a prop bet out there. I threw out the uh, – I texted in our group chat too. Like I, I was pretty much – I wonder if I can cash out my uh, Arizona Cardinals over two and a half touchdowns for the game because that, that to me felt like – the playoff games are two high-scoring offenses. Like, it's a lock, right? Like James Conner's going to fall into the end zone somewhere and someone else is going to catch a bomb and, yeah, you know, the third one's coming, but – yeah, it got, it got out of hand quick, and it was not a, a very entertaining game to watch, that's for sure. It was pathetic, but we move. We're on to a new week. Like Bill Belichick likes to say, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> it's on to the next bet. You know, we, we know that we place bets. We kind of throw darts sometimes. Uh, we were actually gambling last week on games that we didn't even know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We met up on Friday. Uh, after work, we hit up Overrunners yep. Bar on Halstead and uh, Diversity Parkway, a sports betting themed bar where there's tons of monitors everywhere. There's betting lines, uh, good drinks, good food, and it was the first day open, so it was it was really cool to be able to go over there and check it out. And uh, we had some people over, and we gambled, we drank, we definitely had a good time. It was a blast over there. I I really enjoyed the vibe. I mean, you never know what you're gonna get on an opening night at a bar, but. You know, I kind of saw the tweet the night before and was like, this is super interesting. Reached out to the owner. He was very, very generous. He hooked us up. We had a table in the corner. Um, just a great time. Everybody that came in there seemed like they had a good time. The drinks were flowing. The music was good. We watched a pretty pathetic Bulls game, which I know we'll get into <laughs> a little later. But in terms of the experience there, I mean, 
anyone who's listening, definitely slide up to the north side, Diversity and Halstead, go check it out. If you're a better, it's a great place to watch a game. Like like Edgar said, tons of TVs. We'll definitely be back. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we go there. Hopefully we can win some more money. <laughs> packed. Yeah, so I actually, packed. Yeah, I had to fight the urge from going there on Saturday to watch the games, honestly, because it was so fun. Every and time I, I thought about it, I was like, man, I should just go back. That, <laughs> that, that atmosphere is cool as hell because it is other like-minded people where they are gambling. The cool thing is that they show very obscure games, which um, we ended up betting on a Fresno State game because it was like the late night game for college basketball. Uh, <laughs> Shout out our guy, Mike Rizzo. Yeah, you know, someone scouted Orlando Brown, so put him <laughs> in for player of the year. <laughs> Orlando Brown. I'm pretty sure it's Orlando Robinson, but I have no Robinson? idea. Robinson? I have no idea. I would be lying <laughs> if I said I knew for sure. But, yeah, shout out to Riz. Shout out to Ben. Ben had the Cavs first half. Um, that pulled me out of the dirt a little bit. Fresno State I had to use to chase. So I was in a dark, dark place that night. And those two kind of, <laughs> kind of pulled me through. I was Googling if I could change my name or how to fake my own death, all kinds of shit like that. <laughs> so it was a very uh, lucrative end to the night, and we had a good time. So Down bad life. I was down so bad. But oh, like I said, I'm just trying to exercise my demons. We're going to have a great week. There's only one way to exercise true gambling demons. At least there is only one way on this episode. As you know, when we make our whiskey picks, and if they are wrong, on the next episode of Yap Chicago, you must pay with a shot. So I know. I'm holding the shot glass. Our, uh, our listening audience won't be able to see it, and I'm definitely going to go on mute so nobody can hear me actually drink this. But <laughs> I'm drinking Don Julio. I've got a shot in my... Dia de los Muertes uh, shot glass, and I am ready to get it done. So you guys can talk over me, maybe dance on my grave a little bit. No, oh, hang on, we're not gonna we're not gonna let you drink that shot alone, man. Oh my god! Even though guys. even though we won our we we got our pick correctly. Thank you, uh, thank you, Cincinnati Bengals for covering the minus five and a half. Please, thank you, Forty Niners, for that money line and saving me from being in a dark place, just like bowling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, let's be honest; we just like to have fun and drink. So, a, a shot together as a podcast crew—how uh, can we say no to that? So, salute to you, my friend, and uh, hopefully a Cheers. better weekend ahead. Here we go down the hatch. Cheers! Just like water, baby. I'm back. I've just been baptized back from the sunken place. I'm ready to talk some <laughs> Chicago sports, boys. Let's get it. We're back. And uh, the Bulls may be back, maybe. The skid definitely started, uh, yeah, the Brooklyn game, but definitely Friday night when we were at over-unders, uh, we caught the Golden State game. And that's when stuff kind of seemed to spiral out of control for the uh, for the Bulls. Zach Levine played, what, two and a half minutes, not even three, before he left with discomfort in his knee. Um, come to find out. Good thing that it wasn't anything serious. He just had a little discomfort, and he's just going to take some time off. But that was really the beginning of uh, what we thought was going to be a, a pretty dark stretch here because we just kept losing people, man. It's tough, man. This team, I think, you know, when you start the season the way they did, and then you deal with injuries, you deal with COVID, you deal with all these challenges, a newly arriving team you know, you really start to see the character of who's going to be there when, you know, the rubber meets the road. And 
you know, if we can pull a positive from the four-game losing streak, obviously winning last night against the Cavs, it's Kobe has played really well offensively. His effort has been tremendous with guys out. But I think the unsung hero here is Ayo Dasumu, man. Like, he has played out of his mind, being a second-round pick, being vocal about being a second-round pick and being like, I want to guard the rookies that were drafted above me. I want to guard the other team's best player because I know what I can bring on the defensive end. I mean, he had 21-10 and 10 on 90% shooting against the, the Celtics, and everybody noticed. So in a time where we're going to be missing Lonzo for six to eight weeks, we may not have – Zach, until next Wednesday, hopefully, uh, according to Shams, it's really nice to see a guy, a second rounder, who we all knew had the talent, step in and step up the way he did. Yeah, and I actually think the fact that they got Alex Caruso on the Wednesday game is clutch as hell because you can tell defensively they started moving like like a string again. And even though he's one person, his effort, like the chase down block that he had, it's just infectious. So it shows everyone else that if we actually do well on this end, everything's going to be significantly easier on the offensive end. Vooch actually had a better game, too, off of that. Yeah, Vooch, I think, makes a big difference. Um, one, one of the things that I, it drives me nuts about him is he's really inconsistent. Like, you can count on him to get 11 boards. But, you know, when you're – I was encouraged to see some of the defense he played last night, and I agree – 100% on the Caruso point. You know, I think it's really hard to say that one guy elevates your team who's, I don't want to call him a role player, but you know what he's going to bring you. That performance tonight being plus 18, plus minus, and knowing that we held a team that is way bigger than us in check, that we had really major problems with in our last meeting, is huge. And you get you, it just goes back to the reason why we are where we are. And Arturis and Mark Eversley constructed a roster that decided to buy in, that is willing to play hard defense. And, you know, when you play defense like that, you know, you get easy buckets on the other end and DeMar kind of goes off and, and you beat one of the top teams in the East. Cool, and I, I know I know I'm the Debbie Downer of the group, but <laughs> does does this skid and that four-game losing streak change your guys' opinion at all? Just because I know – I, I always look at small stuff like this, and I'm like, "Fuck!" That like everything's falling, the world is on fire now. It's basically that meme where it's like, "I'm fine," but the entire room is on fire. <laughs> but do do you guys actually think that in the playoffs that's going to be them, or is it going to be the team that's in first place from all those wins they got in the first few months of the year I or season? I should say. I think it's a it's the answer is a bit of both, right? Because you, I was gonna say no, but you went all the way to, to to the view of the playoffs. Like we all know, in the playoffs things things get you know you get dialed in. You get a team for you know possibly seven games, so they're able to key in on your tendencies and make adjustments from game to game. So, will some of the inconsistencies of the Bulls maybe flare up in the playoffs in, in the playoff series versus a good team? Yeah, probably. But what we have seen is them being able to. Adapt, and as long as too many of of these people of, of of the guys on the roster stay healthy, I think we kind of hold it together, right? Because yeah, losing Lonzo for six to eight weeks is, is going to suck, right? But we're really lucky that Zach isn't going to miss significant in a significant amount of time, and I think we're pretty deep at guard, so we'll be able to hold it down for Lonzo. Because as 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 well as all the good things that Lonzo did, that's probably arguably easier 
to make up for than if Zach was out for an extended period of time. So with how well Kobe's been playing, with how good Io's been playing, having Caruso back to kind of, you know, settle everyone down on defense, I think we'll be okay with, you know, just letting Lonzo heal up, letting him get back to into rhythm. But if Zach was going to be out longer, that would have been a different story there. So um, it, it all depends on health, obviously. But, yeah, I, I got really worried there. We were playing games without Lonzo and Zach. And I, I think I told Bowling, I was like, hey, we can only mid-range ourselves out of this so much with DeMar DeRozan. Like, we need some <laughs> prolific scoring. And credit to Kobe. He, he stepped it up a lot. Also, big credit to Ayo. I've been smashing those Ayo point bet props, of course. But, like, you can't exactly count on them for the entire or catch. You can't expect them to carry the entire load while those guys are out. So we're kind of lucky it's that tough. Zach's going to be back. It's tough, here. but I think that the most important thing now – you know, it's been a long time since we've been in this position, right? It, we haven't mm-hmm. been sniffing the playoffs in years. And when you get to a point where this is what matters and, and the end goal is to compete for a championship, I think the most important thing as a fan that I'm going to focus on for the last, you know, half of the season is can we stay in position to get home home court in the playoffs? You know, if you're the number one seed, you're going to end up playing a team that maybe isn't very good, but I think the East is really competitive. I think, you know, this might be the year where you might see a seven beat a two potentially because it is a deeper conference. It's a deeper conference than it has been in a long time. So as long as you can get home court, be one of those top, you know, two, three, four seeds, I think you're in a good spot. And one thing that I got to mention, even though I haven't been to the United Center for a game this year, which seems sacrilegious, is even from TV – it sounds so fucking lit in there, man. Like the vibe is so back. It feels like so. Oh yeah. It's even more important now to get that home series because how long have we been waiting? You know, to get back in here, it's been a minute. So these playoff tickets that you know, fingers crossed, we get a home series. It's going to be electric in there, and that that actually matters, I believe, it, when you get to the playoffs. So that's how I'm going to look at it. I'm not worried. I'm not adjusting my expectations. I think. We know that they're a good team when they're fully healthy. We have two all-stars. You know, the recipe is there. I think the buy-in is there. Billy Donovan has proven that he can coach at, you know, the highest level. So get us a playoff series where we're playing at home, and, you know, we'll throw our best out there against whoever and see if we come out on top. Are you guys past the idea of uh, making a trade for someone? No. To add to this team? Are you past it, or you still think that's a possibility? I still think it's a possibility, and I feel like in the NBA, you always have to be open to that just because you never know when an elite star may be upset behind the scenes, and you have to pounce on that. Um, I know a lot of people are saying they'd rather not. Honestly, Kobe White is going to be clutch right now with Lonzo Ball being out. Uh, The fact that the Bulls still have him is going to help him out tremendously. And I do see some people saying, why don't you wait to the buyout so that you can get a big man? Um, news just came out that Paul Millsap actually wants to get traded. So that'd be a perfect fit for the Bulls. But with that being said, in the NBA, you have to be able to ready. It has to be able to be ready to trade immediately. And sometimes you have to overpay. But if someone becomes available, that is actually going to help you out in that playoff run. It's going to be insanely important to pounce on that that opportunity. Um, I've actually heard a few 
national broadcasts that were talking about the Bulls. And one thing they were talking about was the fact that even though DeMar DeRozan has been playing better and more consistent, the person that they're afraid of is Zach Levine. The reason is because his ceiling is fucking nuts. And honestly, I was anti-Zach Levine at the beginning of last year just because of his playmaking ability. But I I, I was completely wrong. Um, He is very good at playmaking because now he actually trusts the players around him. And stuff like that matters because sometimes we're so inside of it, we don't see the big picture. And if we're able to get someone else that helps our ceiling get to the roof, um, like Edgar said last week, then we, <laughs> we, we have to we, we have to jump on that potential, you know? I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. We're in a position, like I've mentioned, for the last couple shows now that we haven't been in in a long time. And when you get to this point, you have to be willing to push the chips all all into the middle of the table. And I think AK and Mark Eversley are very aware of what it takes when you get to this point of the season to put together a roster that could win you a championship. So if that means we got to part ways with someone like Patrick Williams, because we need Kobe white to be our guard and and our spark plug while our guys are out, you have to entertain it. Now I'm not saying trade them for pennies or nothing. You have to get the right kind of deal. But if a guy like Jeremy Grant, can come in and help us immediately, that's something you got to entertain. And as, as Bulls fans, as sports fans in general, if you don't believe in that, then you don't want to see your team win because that's really how you do it. Uh, I'm interested at the idea of Paul Millsap. I don't think he's worth potentially giving up a Patrick Williams for, but someone that's been through a bunch of wars that can really help. So if, if they can pull off a deal or, or figure out a way to, to acquire him for you know a, a solid package – why not? I mean, we, we need to continue surrounding these young guys with veterans who have been there and that, and can show them what it takes to win once you get to the playoffs, which, as we all know, is a completely different season. All right. If the Bulls are thinking about making a trade and let's say the team they were trading with, they didn't want Patrick Williams because we haven't seen a large enough sample size of him. And the asking price was Kobe or Io. And in return, you're getting a player that you know can make an instant impact, like a Jeremy Grant or someone similar. Not an all-star, but that's that's the price. A Kobe or an Io? Who, who would you keep? I'd keep Io. Um, I think Kobe has a lot of skills that are great for today's game. But I think that when you talk about drafting a second rounder who you may not need to pay very much, it's hard, man. I, I think that Kobe's come around. I, I've been a person who's talked a lot of shit about Kobe because he didn't play any defense and, you know, he, he's too wild at times. Like, he really is out of control a ton. He reminds me of myself when I was in high school <laughs> running around like a fucking idiot, playing way too fast. But I think the game slowed down for him a little bit and he's comfortable in his role, which I think matters a ton. So when you get to a playoff series and you need – the spark off the bench because you've been held to a 11 three run or whatever it is. Like Kobe's the guy that can come off the bench, hit a couple threes, get an M one and really put you back in position. But I also see that in IO as well. So if people are more likely to trade for a guy like Kobe, cause he's more established, I would definitely part ways with him over IO at this point. I agree. And I feel like that's kind of a baseball fan brain in us where it's like, Oh, we get an extra year of like leverage <laughs> with IO <laughs> and so, somehow we spun this to service time. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> you're going on strike now. You're like, fuck this. <laughs> but no, I, I think IO also helps on the defensive end, which is something that Kobe lacks in. So it's it's gonna be more beneficial to keep IO, I would I would say, um, if hypothetically they came up. But it's it's gonna be something it's gonna suck. Someone that we like is gonna be traded if the option is there, whether whether it be Patrick Williams, IO, Kobe White. One of them is going to have to go. You can't trade peanuts for you know a playoff a person that's a person that's going to help you in the playoffs. You know. All I know is if they trade IO before I get to buy a city edition jersey with the number twelve, my favorite number, <laughs> and him on the back, I'm going to cry. I, I'll be fine with it because that's going to obviously make our team better. Yeah, you probably, probably get it but on I'd sale, man. <laughs> I got a Wendell Carter Jr. jersey hanging up in that closet behind. Oh god! And, and it's the it's the city edition one with the with the flag across the front. It's such a dope jersey. I'm gonna have to black it out. <laughs> I'm, gonna to put, I'm gonna have to put duct tape on his name because I want to wear it. I just feel so salty looking at it. <laughs> in a way, I'd be okay if the Bulls, you know, kind of stamp packed and and don't make a rush because this. I think there's so much chemistry on this team that is rare that teams come together this quickly and you know Javonta Green hopefully is on his way back also Derek Jones Jr. was going to miss four to six weeks at the time of his injury I believe um two to four weeks actually so he I haven't checked up on the timeline but hopefully he's not out too much longer but you're getting some size back some energy some offense and I know you don't want to like hang your hat on that like you want people that can actually put the ball in the basket but you got a nice collection of guys here that uh, have meshed together to start the season, and, and that's the group that have gotten you to the number one seed in the East. So to break up that chemistry, a part of me is I am like more on your guys' side too. Like, hey, you got to be willing to, to, to push the chips in. But a part of me wants to see what, what this team, how it's put together right now, will do. How far will they go? Because it seems like they are playing with house money here. No one expected this kind of run from them. Um, and we are taking advantage. But – February 10th is the NBA trade deadline. They have three weeks to kind of see where they want to go with this team. And I can't wait to see what they do. Can I just say, for everyone that keeps saying that the Bulls need someone that in the playoffs would be able to stop or slow down Kevin Durant, you no can't. such person exists. That person, No one real. in the league has a person that can stop or slow down Kevin Durant. No. So can you guys please stop talking about this player that doesn't exist and say, hey, if we trade Kobe White for him, then it's worth it. Motherfucker, he doesn't exist. Kawhi Leonard in his prime. Whoever whoever suggests that, if you listen to the show, go ahead and follow me and reply to any of our tweets so I can go ahead and block you. Because that <laughs> if you think if you think that somebody exists in the National Basketball Association that can guard and stop Kevin Durant, you need to start watching handball or tennis or something else because you don't understand the game of basketball. And the caveat that you could get him for Kobe White. So not only can he stop <laughs> Kevin Durant, you're going to give him up for Kobe White. I've heard this like plenty of times on ESPN radio, and I'm just like, who the fuck? <laughs> name one person. I don't think you could name a person in the last 25 years, maybe, that would lock up Kevin Durant. No. I don't know if they exist. I don't know if they exist. In my opinion, I think he is the greatest scorer, just scorer only, like scoring ability ever. Size, three so from good, fucking range. It's just, it's just so fluid, so his good, game. It's just so smooth that you, you, it feels like he's just like 
maybe it's the linkingness and the long arms, and he's just like putting up jump shots. Just go in. You're like, what the fuck? Hey, you're gonna have to post that video of you fucking <laughs> replicating his shot. <laughs> I want to see that. The too. fucking shoulder shit right, and well, his free throws. It, it makes no sense, but I'll it just you know just smooth. It just goes in. It's weird. Since you guys, since you brought up Kevin Durant, do you think and and Edgar, I think it's a an interesting point you make about seeing what this team could do. We beat the Heat or the Nets twice. Once when they were, or we lost to them when they were at full strength. Do you think, as constructed, we could win a playoff series against the Nets? No, I don't think so. That's the right answer. I mean, like I'm not going to push back on it, but. See, that's, that's, that's one of the perils, I think, of the trade deadline and giving up too much. Because I think realistically, you got to look and say, okay, can we actually beat them, yes or no? If we get Jeremy Grant, are we closer to beating them? Probably. But do you, do you feel confident? You know, I think that that's an important factor. But a person like Jeremy Grant, to me, like he wouldn't guard, I don't think, Kevin Durant or lock him up or whatever we want to say. But it makes a lot of difference when you talk about matching up our best with their best. So I think he gives us a better chance in the series, but I don't think it makes us the favorites. Like we'll be, we wouldn't, we'd be underdogs in that series no matter sure. who we acquire. Yeah, I I think for me it's more of a I, I trust our main pieces to kind of keep the game within range, and then I really trust our bench and our depth kind of to kind of take advantage of other teams' second units because I feel like a lot of these teams that have you know, they're superstar teams. They're, it's really just them and, like, a thinned-out bench. Or, like, if you're the Lakers, you got everyone that's, like, you know, 36 years old and over trying to fucking win a ring with you guys. But the way our team is constructed and the way other teams are, I, I, I'll roll the dice, especially this year, like we talked about, this year only. I'll take my chances with our second unit, with Kobe, with Ayo, with Derek Jones Jr. coming off the bench. You know, with DeMar, early on in the season, we saw DeMar DeRozan rolling with those guys when, you know, our starters were getting breaks. So I think I trust that unit, maybe not to win, but, you know, to have a puncher's chance in, in winning some of these games. And who knows? We might win. We might pull out a series, but it, it, it's tough to, like you said, we're going to be underdogs going into a series like that if we were to match up that way. But I like our chances the thing, with the way we're constructed now. Yeah, the one thing I would say for the NBA is that it's completely dependent on health because look at who had money on the Raptors versus the Golden State Warriors when they were probably the best team constructed. So it's it's the fact that you get one injury, possibly two, and it snowballs, and you might be able to still steal a game here because a person leaves early, and it's not like Kevin Durant doesn't have injury history, and it's not like you're wishing it on him. He's because missing time now, right? He's, yeah, exactly. He, he's awesome to watch. You're not wishing it, but if it were to happen against the Bulls, I wouldn't be mad at it, you know? Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, everybody has to pray for health, and you have to keep your guys in a position where they can contribute when it matters most. Um, But one thing I like about us is I love when we stagger Zach and and DeMar because they're both tremendous scorers. They can score – I mean, DeMar purposely doesn't shoot threes. So when you get to the playoffs and you need a bucket, like – I've been watching that mid-range so closely because he's only going to elevate his game when he gets there. And you can depend on a guy like that if you need a bucket to stop a run or to to get the momentum back. And all of those things, I think, matter very much. And once we get Zach back and he's back, you know, gets his legs under him and all that stuff, like 
it's dangerous, man. Like I, I really have high hopes for the team and I hope that we can stay healthy enough once, you know, we get down to, to playoff seating and, and whatnot, because I'm really excited to see what they can do. And I, I'm with you, Edgar. I mean, I wouldn't sell the farm for it, but like, you know, if you can make a move and get better, we have to definitely entertain that. But this is a good team. We've been waiting a long fucking time for it. And, you know, even though they lost four straight, you know, yesterday was huge. I was yeah, not confident believe, at yeah. all. You know, I, I, I'm going to admit right here, like I faded the Bulls last night because they match up so horribly with Fuck Cleveland. You, bitch. I know, bro, I know. And and now it's like, fuck, should I just fade him for the rest of the year so I can lose money but we win every game? I don't know. That's the way, I, that's the way I'd be thinking as a better. But, um, no, I think yesterday was huge. I think, you know, they've been punched in the mouth for four games. They got embarrassed a couple times on national television. And they come back in a home game against a team that was literally the probably the hottest team in the East and just charging up the Eastern Conference standings and, they get a convincing win. They didn't just win. They won in convincing fashion. So really encouraging. And, you know, now we get to go visit Giannis and, and the Bucks tomorrow in Milwaukee. On ESPN, fuck. But uh, <laughs> can, can we say we're talking about playoffs in January? How fucking lovely is this? It's so awesome. We're definitely <laughs> making it. We're definitely, we're definitely talking definitely about it. We're, it. we're also <laughs> panicking about Vucci and his consistency. I mean, it's just. If, just fucking if, make more shots, bro. Like focus. it's almost like they don't guard him on purpose anymore. They just fucking leave him open, and he's shooting bricks all over the place. Not the, it might not be the a best, mental thing. Not the best handles either. Like I, whenever he's backing someone down in the post, I'm always terrified because it always happens. Someone runs runs him over from the other side, and they just swipe at the ball. And he dribbles it off his foot. And he turns it over. It's it's like <laughs> clockwork. I'm telling you, every time he's, I'm like, oh my god, here, some they're gonna send someone to watch to kind of come backside, and he's just gonna dribble it off his foot. If he gets that shit straightened out, I mean, yeah, I'm really excited. I just want want the playoffs. I want everyone to come back healthy first, then give me the playoffs. I did yell out Vooch when he had that open three against the Celtics. So everyone I, did. I was just like, Vooch, put the finger, put the fingers <laughs> up, and everything. Yo, at, at, when he, when he against the Cavaliers, when he finally hit that three, I think everyone on Twitter. Well, on Bulls Twitter, tweeted out Vooch, Vucci, Vooch, some extent, because we were all, everyone was just relieved, like, God, finally, you're he fucking needed, hitting some shots, but let's get it he going, He needed man. that jumper so badly, Turn and that, I hope hey, that how, helps him, man. How awesome would it have been if he did a mellow three off the head after he hit that shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm back, baby. You know what's so funny, though, is, like, he had missed so many goddamn shots that all he was thinking about was like go in and then I'm gonna fucking let out a nice scream because I'm so frustrated. <laughs> like he wasn't thinking about celebrating, even though that was like the biggest shot to that point in the game to yeah. really separate the lead. So I really I really think Booch is a is a very good player in the league. I think he recognizes what his role is now. But like we need him to be good. We can't have him being average if we really want to see this team make a, a playoff run. So whatever he has to do to get his mind right, I mean, I feel like playing no-pressure games in Orlando, it's easy to get your, your, your buckets and your, and your boards and kind of just, like, fly under the radar. But now we're talking about a team that has aspirations to play and win a conference and potentially play in the NBA Finals. That just gave me the chills, just fucking saying it out loud. Like, <laughs> that – that is a, a level of like you got to elevate your game to that point, and I think that he's trying to navigate that right now. So hoping, hoping that he can make that happen. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, by the time people hear this, they had already probably have already played the Milwaukee Bucks. So let's see what happens Friday, and then you got a nice stretch of games here where you know the the pressure's off a little bit. Hopefully, they could get back into the rhythm of things. Uh, Alonzo, I mean Alonzo, Alonzo <laughs> still needs his time off, but hopefully Zach is back sooner than later, and maybe he could come back before one of these. Although I thought I read somewhere that he wasn't going to go on this road trip coming up here to Orlando. Yeah, he's, he's not traveling. I don't think yeah. Zach's traveling either. Um, yeah, so I think that. they'll probably reevaluate Zach early next week and hopefully he can come back Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we're talking about a, a, a premier, you know, the defending champs, probably the best team, top two team in the East. If you're thinking about it, not record wise. I mean, they have what we want and we got to go up there and just see what we can do. You know, I feel like our challenge is defending bigs like that. You could send Alex Caruso to guard Jared Allen. Cause you're not really necessarily <laughs> worried about him beating you off the dribble or shooting, you know, mid range or whatever. And Giannis is just a fucking different animal, man. So the way that he kind of facilitates and takes over the game is going to be a unique challenge for us. It's actually crazy that we haven't played them yet this year. Giannis actually reminds me in the NFL of Josh Allen, the way you can't fucking defend him, dude. There's the nothing you can do. The, the fact that it's – or you know what he sucks at. Like, Giannis can't shoot threes, and Josh Allen isn't great at, like, picking you apart. But they're so good at what they're good at, they're like, fuck it, I'm going to fucking run this power option and fucking shove it down <laughs> your throat. Exactly. So – I'm curious, man. I hope that they can keep it close tomorrow and, and really just, like, put out a good effort. I mean, like, we, I, I, if they get blown out again, bro, like, I might just, like, cancel my subscription to any, any fucking <laughs> table because, like, I can't handle this shit no more. The Milwaukee's going to come out with, with the point to prove. You know, they're, they're the defending champs, like you said. They're fourth in the East. The Bulls have been getting all this attention. You know, it seems like no one's really talking about the Bucks who – Right now, we're still a relatively healthy team, so put them on prime time with a point to prove. Might be a dicey game for the Bulls. Right now, the Bulls uh, are eight and a half point underdogs. I'll take those points just because. But I have a friend uh, who works at, on the social team up in Milwaukee, and I, I sent her a text and asked if there are any tickets available, and she said, "Absolutely not, standing room <laughs> only." So. You can tell, man, like I think, you know, the Bulls aren't, like we said, the Bulls aren't creeping up on anyone. I think that, you know, it's an in-division matchup. Um, and and the, the Bucks are pro, trying to prove that they still are one of the beasts in the East. So they're going to give them their best shot. It's going to be a great Friday night game out there in Milwaukee. I wish I was going out there and, you know. Who Bulls says we win, can't? Who says we can't? We can. Stub, we can. Stub, don't stub don't talk about it. Be about it. Stub hubs, uh, you know. I'm up like a hundred bucks, so we're gonna have it's to not bad. It's No, not bad. but it's up in the rafters, bro. Like it's a nice stadium, though I've heard. So it's I'm a new one, right? I've here. been to the old yep. one. Yep, the old one reminded me of uh, Allstate, where it's like it's not that big. So like anywhere on the second bowl, the second like level bowl is is still you know you still get a good view. Some someone told me that it's kind of the same at Pfizer. It's not as big, so it. it like yeah, there's no bad seat, but I don't know. We could talk about that offline. I might be down with a little little excursion in Milwaukee. Why not? <laughs> oh wait, I work tomorrow. Damn, it's gonna get tomorrow, right? Fuck. <laughs> Can't really call out. We're kind of in the middle of uh, some things happening over at the at the at the shop. So 
I think they'll be happy with me if I just call out. But hey, guys, I'm gonna be two hours north in uh, Milwaukee. Good luck, guys. It happens, just, man. Sometimes you got to slide up. You just have to make sure that you release the podcast after you call off at work. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> what are you guys talking? They just roll the tape. <laughs> they roll the tape. You literally talked about it and put it on the internet for everyone to to, to listen. You just got to hit them with a huh. What you say? What you say? Yeah, I don't think I could afford to call out for it for a myriad of reasons, but uh, <laughs> pretty much because if we end up calling off, then we're going to stay in Milwaukee, drink in the weekend, and of course we're just going to party. It's as much fun as that sounds. We have some games to watch because not only is it a big weekend for the Bulls, but also the NFL playoffs rolls on going into the divisional rounds, four games lined up, and uh, honestly, to tell you guys the truth, as we transition over to NFL football, I'm looking at this list of the remaining teams. I can see any one of them winning the Super Bowl. Mm, I, think I, agree. Can, I, think, I, I think you can make a fair argument for any of them. It's, it's kind of tough. I'm not gonna, the Bengals and the Titans, that's a, hey, if they get hot type of situation, but it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah. for those teams to get hot. Hey, I text you, I fuck with Joey B. Heavy, man. Yeah. I fuck Yo, with Joey Joe, Burrow Heavy. Joe Shiesty, that's my dog. But Joe, <laughs> I'm really Shiesty. That's my boy. Let's go. Hey, I don't think the Tennessee Titans can win the Super Bowl. I'm just going to say that. No cap. But okay. the Cincinnati Bengals, though, don't let Joey B get hot this weekend. Don't let him get hot. <laughs> don't let him get hot. That's the first game on tap, Saturday, uh, June 22nd. June, January 22nd. First game on tap. Damn. I, I'm Yo, telling are you, you drunk from that shot? Bro? No, man. It's been a long week. I'm telling you. I'm trying to focus here. My eyes hurt. I'm trying to power through here. But the Bengals are visiting the Tennessee Titans Game one on the slate. Uh, the Titans are three and a half point favorites. Like we said, we can see the Bengals getting hot. Which way are you guys leaning? I think I already told y'all where I'm going, man. All right, so let me tell you about my Saturday. We had a great Friday. <laughs> For people that weren't involved, I had a very cool moment with Edgar at the bar when we were playing pool. And I ordered 17 White Claws Ooh. and didn't remember it. Made sure I paid up. But I got up and went right Back to the bar. I went to a Bengals bar, and it was cracking. Everybody was so lit. So I am all in right now. I'm declaring it. I'm all in on the Bengals, which obviously means they're going to get beat by 12. So just want yeah. to know. Come on, man. You can't bring – you can't you, pick you the vibes up already. like that and then take them down. It's I, been I'm, fun. Listen – I'm I'm confident. I love Joe Burrow. I love what the Bengals have done. That was a really fun game with the uh, the Raiders. I think yeah. to start off last weekend. So they're playing with house money. That's hard. That's a hard team to beat, especially in football. I think maybe in football, other than any other sport, you know, a team that's going in playing with house money haven't won a playoff game in thirty plus years. They're flying high. Joe Burrow is a stud. I think everybody knows it. Um, and I think that the layoff might hurt Tennessee a little bit. You got to change your game plan to get Derrick Henry his touches. Um, So I'll take the underdog in the first game. I I think that the momentum they're playing with and the high that they're riding, um, Joe Burrow's a stud. I think I'd take him over Ryan Tannehill nine, you know, ten times out of ten. So I'll ride with the better quarterback and you know the hotter team right now. Completely agree, and I actually think that the fact that Joe Burrow came out this week and said, "Hey, Cincinnati, everyone's hyped that we won a playoff game." This is the bare minimum that we have to expect every year from now on. And the fact that he came out, put yep. that pressure on himself, 
the AFC North is a pretty decent division with Lamar Jackson. Steelers are typically always good. And the Browns have a good roster, even though they suck this year. But with that being said, the fact that Joe Burrow put that pressure on himself, that that boy does not care about shit. He's willing to get the get on anyone. Hell yeah, man. He's just, he's succeeded almost everywhere he's been. Yeah. And that is something that a lot of people probably don't talk enough about. I mean, like you step into the spotlight at LSU and you have one of the best quarterback seasons in, in history, you win a national championship. And as soon as he leaves, it gets awful. Like that is what you got to look backwards and be like, was he really the reason that all of that shit went? Like there was a lot of good players on that team, but LSU gets five-star recruits every year. So Joe Burrow has the it factor. He's got the talent. I love that quote too, Lees. I thought that that was super cool that he was like, yo, I kind of downplayed it. We expect to win. Like the changing of the guard has happened. And yeah, I mean, Tennessee is coming in as the top seed, more pressure on them, probably the best player on the field. When you talk about Derrick Henry, what does the game plan look like now? It's got to be different than what they've done for the last eight weeks. So I, I could, you know, one thing I might put in is Bengals first half and maybe try and cash that before, you know, the final score is recorded because I think the Bengals are going to come out pretty hot. And I don't know much about Tennessee, but it can't be as crazy as an environment as Cincinnati is. So they're going to be ready for uh, whatever they throw their way. Joe Burr also gave and his time at LSU also gave us possibly the best hype video of all time. Uh, shout oh. out! Shout out to that one guy that edited all the hype videos that entire season, but the one Unreal. leading into the national championship game. Oh, that was probably one of the best hype videos ever. I still listen to it every now and again. To be honest, yeah. I literally I I'll, will not. I have. I'm not going to lie to you. I was interviewed for my current job, and they asked me what is my favorite piece of social content. I sent a link to that video. I was in Indianapolis for the national championship this year with my fucking homie. And I was like, you have to watch this because this is the fucking shit. This is the greatest hype video I've ever seen. And bar none, it's going to never be unseated. Everything about it was perfect. So if you haven't watched it, I'll drop a link to it when we drop the episode. I'll just put it right underneath so everybody can bask in the glory. It you was, know you got my swag. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Everything's so good. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Stop playing. It's a, it's a, it's a 60 minute trip for a 60 minute game, bro. Just oh like, man, everything about that, that was in so, my veins, bro. so well done. Even hey, when they're even, even when they're podcast. even when they're locking up the pads at the end. <laughs> you know when they lock up the pads and they're like you know they're snapping all the all the all the pads in place and there's a the sound everything is just very well put together. Anyways. We got off on a rant because it, it was just so hype. I agree with you, boy. I think if the Bengals come out hot, I think Tennessee's fucked. Because if it were the other way around, you'd have no problem putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hand and, like, and just saying, hey, go cook. With him, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, everyone out there cooking, that is more believable than the other way around, right? So, And also, if they get out to a hot start, you still got Joe Mixon being able to, to run out the clock and put pressure on him. So, if the Bengals get out to a hot start, uh, I think it's currents for Tennessee. But we'll we'll see what happens with that game. We obviously are very uh, Bengals heavy here on this podcast now. But uh, shout out Joy B and again the LSU. I'm, I'm, I'm swear to God, I'm going to watch that shit after this podcast. But the next video on tap for Saturday: 49ers visiting the Green Bay Packers. I forgot to check a weather update, but I heard it was going to be cold. Right now, the Packers eight are degrees. five eight degrees. Yes, sir. That's not terrible. We're from the no, Midwest. We're fine. Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah, maybe Packers five and a half point favorites. 
That line's kind of fishy to me. It came down. It was at six when it opened up and it stayed there for most of the week. I don't know why, especially with the with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's health in question, I'm surprised it, it moved the other way. But you could get the package now at five and a half if you really if you're feeling it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling anything, dude. I might leave it alone because I want the 49ers to win. If I bet anything, I would just do a random money line bet because I don't want to see the Packers do shit. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, like, as a Bears fan, hoping for chaos in, in Green Bay, like, if they win a championship, do you think that Aaron Rodgers would come back? I think he probably wouldn't. But I, I don't want to so. see them win anything. So I'm just going to root for the Niners, and we'll uh, we'll send some good vibes up, and hopefully they get tripped up. <laughs> I mean, they're not really good in these games. These these first round playoff games, they're usually pretty fucking bad at them. So I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if the Packers lose, but they should not lose this game. I think that the Packers are going to win. Unfortunately, um, everyone keeps it. It's kind of me, the dumb sports brain, where everyone keeps saying that the 49ers are built perfectly for the Packers, where everyone keeps saying that to the point where I'm starting to believe the opposite, <laughs> where it's just going to be like, hey, it's not going to work. Yeah, you got to fade the public, right? And I honestly think the fact that you brought her up, Jimmy G, who would you rather have the ball in, in Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G's hand? And I think at a certain point, the Packers defense is going to make Jimmy G throw some of those over fucking throws that he does all the time that he almost blew the game against the Cowboys that I was oh. shitting my pants in. Dude. <laughs> and and that's what worries me about the Niners. Like I want to like the Niners. I want them to obviously win against the Packers, but you know, we all had 49ers money line and that last four minutes of the game was brutal. I mean like they tried really, really hard to fuck that game up. And if it wasn't for trying to run a QB draw and get one under the gun, they might have lost it. So, I don't know. He doesn't inspire confidence, but, you know, when you're going up against a team like the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau in those conditions, nobody's going to give you a shot to win. So use it as motivation and, you know, see what happens. And, and I think that Kyle Shanahan kind of shits the bed in the fourth quarter because besides the 28-3 to three, uh, shit that happened for the Falcons and Patriots, he had a fourth and one on the opposing team's side of the field. And instead of running the goddamn ball that they've been running the ball down the fucking Cowboys throat the entire time, he ends up sending them out there. Jimmy G is trying to, you know, send everyone to the right spot. And then they end up getting a um, penalty and they have to end up punting. How the fuck do you not just run the ball down their throat? If you're Kyle Shanahan, you're just like, hey, Jimmy G, here, Debo Samuel, here you go. That's all you got to fucking do. And it, he was just shitting the bed. They were trying to lose the goddamn game the last five minutes yep. of the game. So no faith in the 49ers is what I'm sensing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's really I, hard, in my opinion, to, to bet against the Packers in this game. But like I said, I wouldn't yeah. be completely shocked if they don't win. I, I kind of would be because, I, I, I don't know, as much as we hate – Aaron Rodgers, more so today, I mean, not today, this year with all the bullshit he's been through, but kind of an asshole he's been over the last couple of years. But this is like, this is like typical script for Aaron Rodgers, right? Everyone hates him. Everyone's bagging on him. He's just, he, but he knows he's good, and he's cocky, and he's arrogant about it. So this is what he's waited for. He, the playoffs has begin to turn it on. I, I think they cover easy in this game, to be honest. 
And I think this is just Aaron Rodgers saying, all right, uh, I know I've been lax, you know, throughout the regular season. You know, how Markish <laughs> wants to call me whatever he wants, but whatever. But, like, I'm just going <laughs> to – I'm going to come out here and I'm going to – it's playoff Rodgers time, baby. So I'm going to go out here and I'm going to light these motherfuckers up, especially because everyone is giving the Niners a chance in this game. Perfect. Yeah. It, this is perfect Aaron Rodgers game script where he's just going to laugh at everybody and light them up for, like, three touchdowns mm-hmm. in the first quarter and just laugh at everybody and be like, <laughs> idiots. And then right, give us the alternate fucking... line, baby. Give us the alternate line. Ooh, on the spot. <laughs> on the spot. I think I think they cover ten. Ten? Yeah, give me nine and a half. I'll I'll, I'll uh, put it at nine and a half, and I'll take the uh, Packers still covering by ten. All right, I'll, hey. I'll put. Is that good enough? I'll take that. I'll take that with you. I'll take Niners side bet plus nine and a half. Loser takes two shots on the next show. Done. Done. Wait, ten and a half or nine and a half? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. All right, let's so go, let's Shanahan. See. Don't be a fucking idiot. Just <laughs> give the ball to Debo and let him do his fucking thing, man. It's not that hard. I'm Packers minus nine and a half on DraftKings would be plus one sixty. That's good money. That's yeah, good I'll, money. I'll I might have to put it in. I'm telling you, yeah. All right, moving on. Rams at box. Rams, we saw them dismantle the Cardinals in a questionable performance by the Redbirds, but now they're taking on. Tom Brady and the Bucks in Tampa. Line is only at three. The the Buccaneers are only a minus three favorite here. And uh, a lot of times I, I saw people already, you know, picking the Rams to win this game. You guys share the same? Listen, man, I'm going to keep it real brief. My whole life, if you bet against Tom Brady, you've only been burned three times. Three. That's it. I can't bet on the fuck. You think I'm going to fucking bet on Matthew Stafford against the GOAT in the playoffs? <laughs> Matthew Stafford just got his first cup of coffee. He ain't even finished it yet. I'm going with Brady. Three is like, okay, you get three because you're a home team, right? Like they say that shit. I think the number's yeah. accurate. I think they've already played once. The Rams won. They got him in, in SoFi. You got to go to Tampa. I don't think Tampa's like a crazy environment, but it's the GOAT, man. And they're going to scheme up some shit. They're going to, those wide receivers are going to be so open. Uh, Jalen Ramsey probably going to follow Mike Evans everywhere. But, you know, they, they just make it work, man. They didn't have a fucking running back that anyone knew last week. And they pounded the run. Like, I think that it's hard. I just think it's hard to bet against Brady. So, I'm not going to start today. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing that scares me is the fact that they had a couple of injuries on the offensive line. And Brady's oldest shit. So if you know he, if they make him start moving, he's fucked. You know, uh, especially with Aaron Donald. Um, everyone knows he's probably what like top three, top four defensive player all time. Um, but with that being I'll said, be- I I I think the Bucks are still going to cover as well. Um, you hit it on the head. Matthew Stafford is not someone that I'm willing to place a, a large sum of money on. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady is so. It's just you're looking at the quarterbacks and you're saying, I think that he's going to fuck up. I'll actually take uh, I'll take the Rams and the points here. I uh, I'm a sucker for for broadcasting. That's why I focus more on the actual broadcast of games instead of like the Manning cast and stuff. But I thought they they diagrammed it well. Where throughout the season, it felt like Stafford was you know trying to force everything Cooper Cup's way. And even if he was covered sometimes, it was more of a, you know, that attitude, you know, fuck it, Cooper's down there somewhere. Yeet. And uh, <laughs> we didn't really see, we, I mean, we 
Cooper Cup still got, you know, his his catches against the Cardinals, but early on in that game, they diagrammed enough plays where they were like, look, early on you could tell he's looking this way and he really wants to go here. But he he took what the defense gave him. And as good as the Bucks are, that defense isn't quite as good as it was last year. Uh and we all we saw this season teams passing all over them, which is the strength of the Rams. So you get Cooper Cup running around out there, getting open. He's, I think Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford's going to find him. Do they win? Uh, I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on the money line, but I'll, I'll give me the Rams plus the three. How good is Sunday? I mean, we haven't talked about the last game, but that's just an epic NFL Sunday. You know, you wait the whole season to get the best teams to play, and those two matchups on Sunday are just unreal, man. Like, that should be some some of the best football we see all season. It should be on OnlyFans. You got to pay for it. <laughs> I don't need I don't need a paywall, bro. Fuck that. <laughs> I want this shit free as hell. I never Network TV. Of, <laughs> never heard of OnlyFans. What's that? Uh, but yeah, it's a it's really heavyweight fight, heavyweight matchup on this last game on Sunday. Bills going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Only a two point game according to Vegas. Chiefs only minus two. Uh, after watching what the Buffalo Bills did to the Patriots, damn! How do you how do you bet against them? Right? How, how does the public not go all over to rush to bet the Bills in this game? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the, the upset I am going to back um, the most: the Bills over the Chiefs. And even though everyone is in love and always is in love with Patrick Mahomes. I actually think that this is going to be Josh Allen. I already made the comparison. Josh Allen and Giannis, where Giannis last year in the playoffs, he just hit a certain point and was like, all right, this is what I'm really fucking good at. I'm not going to deviate from this plan. I am going to absolutely kill people with this portion of my game. Fuck it. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to play around with the threes. I'm not going to play around with a dink and dunk. I'm going to fucking throw this shit 40 yards down the field to Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Hey, Dawson Knox, get to the end of the end zone. Even though you're not even going to expect him to fucking catch that, I'm just going to throw that bitch up there and give you a chance to catch it. And I think that this is going to be Josh Allen's year to show out. How fucking pretty was that touchdown pass to Dawson Knox? Unreal. To start the game. He's a, cra- just he's a crazy time, talent, man. Bought time and just floated it perfectly to the back pylon. Just at the reach of Dawson Knox to get up and get there. Oh, man. This Bills game is scary, man. This Bills team is scary. I think one of the things that I'm – and I agree with Lee's. I don't know if I'm going to bet them to win outright yet. Uh, I'm leaning that way, and obviously I'll we'll give our picks at the end. But I remember seeing the visual of Stefan Diggs watching them celebrate to move on last year, and that's obviously fresh in their mind still. So they got a lot to play for. The Chiefs obviously have a lot to play for, but – that sick taste they probably have in their mouth, I think, is going to be the separator. And hopefully that makes it, you know, I think some of the games are kind of laughers. The the Steelers had no business being in the playoffs. Would have loved to see jo- uh, Justin Herbert in that game against the Chiefs. But I just want to see just like, like you said, a heavyweight matchup, knockdown, drag out, just like maybe come down to the last play of the game because I think that's what's, what's deserved. I think whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl on the AFC side. So, I don't know. I, I'm pumped. I, I think that, you know, these two match up super well. These two teams are going to be around for 
you would think the next five to seven years as contenders in the AFC. Yep. And, you know, maybe it's a, a rivalry that, you know, we, we've already got a little taste of it and maybe we start to see this consistently over the next, you know, handful of years. This is a this is a game that I'm going to stay away from. Just just betting. I, I want to watch this game with no specific rooting interest, one way or the other. I just want to see what both of these teams do in this matchup. I'm just I'm going to stay away. No no betting for this game. I'm just going to watch it, have a drink, and just enjoy the football that is presented before us. Until shit happens and you got to chase. Until we reach uh, halftime and I got <laughs> chase. You got to get it live. And I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> This fucking cash is like, I got to put in a bet now. Yeah. No, but I'm going to try not so, to, but it should be a really I, good game. I, I know we're looking into the this week's uh, matchups, but to kind of go backwards, how did you guys like the super wild card weekend with the splitting between Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? I had a really, really good football viewing weekend up until Monday night. I wish that that first game <laughs> – I wish the, the Rams-Cardinals <laughs> was the first game so I could get my misery out. But, like, watching you guys hit your picks and then you guys sending in the group chat, it all comes down to you, Mike. At least put um, all the pressure <laughs> on you, man. Just Okay, I knew that. That should have been this, – this is fucked. So, um, no, but I actually liked it. I thought it was cool. The NFL continues to just crush ratings, crush broadcasts. Everybody knows. And, you know, extending it that extra day to get – you know, that Monday is usually pretty brutal, right? Like you've watched so much football that you're just, now nah, I got to wait another six days to, to do this again. I thought that was really cool to have one standalone game um, because, you know, what what else are we going to do on the Monday after the, the wild card weekend? You want something to watch and you want something to get, you know, you got to get new bets in with the bookie, right? So right. why not put why not put an extra game <laughs> in on Monday? I loved it. Yeah, I agree. At first, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of backing the, the the crowd that was saying like, "Look at these blowouts. This is dumb. Why why extend the playoffs? Like this is stupid." But when if I'm being honest with myself, like Bowling said, like this is just more football for us to enjoy. Not not even so much to gamble on it, but let's be honest, that's probably the main reason. But it's just more football games that we all know this is, you know, coming to an end here in a couple weeks. But you give us football games, and I I like the fact that it went all the way to Monday because it was. It felt like a regular, you know, uh, weekend of football with the with a well when they had Saturday games in it. You know, Saturday Sunday you get the Monday night game, but it was for something, regardless if it was a blowout or not. It, it, it counted for something. So in a way, you kind of expected some of these teams to maybe, hey, maybe they'll put in a good effort because it's win or go home, literally. So yep. unfortunately, we didn't get the quality of games maybe we were hoping for, but I'm I'm kind of okay with that because it was just more football to enjoy and. Every single game, it wasn't like Saturday. I was like, all right, let's see what this game is because this is just week whatever, and it's a Saturday game. Like even from the first game on Saturday to Monday night, I was watching it, and like it, at least for the beginning of the game, like I said, it was I want these teams to put on a good effort because it's win or go home. So l- let's see what you got. So I sat there and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it because it allowed you to taper off from the weekend because you. When playoff football comes around, you do get a little bit more of a high because it's the smaller plays. I mean, everyone was freaking about Dak doing the QB sneak at the end of the game. That was like a talking point for on online for what like three days, which is yeah. something that's crazy because online it's usually day of and then you're onto the next thing. People were talking about that play for like two three days, um, and it allowed you to taper off. And that's compared to like March Madness. 
at the end of the tournament, you're just like, wait, there's no game today. And it's like the elite eight. And you're like two days without a game. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Why is there no fucking basketball going on? I, I like the fact that there was a game on Monday and it, it gave you something to do kind of. But so bowling, we do. We put Yeah, bowling. I know you said that you were, you know, you knew that you were going to be the last part of the three-way parlay that we had for it. I'm actually going to be that person this week for our whiskey picks. It may, it may come down to me, boys. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to both of us in a sense. Uh, I think yours is a little more confident than mine, but that was a good segue. I think we could get into these. Uh, if you want, I can kick it off. Um, let's, let's make it official with our whiskey picks. Making it official. Um, okay, so last week I was overconfident in Kyler Murray, <laughs> and and it bit me in the ass, but – I like to bet teasers, and for those people who don't know what teasers are, you can get – you basically have to parlay. You can get six points, six and a half, seven. Some people do sweetheart teasers, which is ten points, which is just ludicrous. But I'm doing a six-and-a-half-point teaser. I need the Bucks to cover – or I need the Bucks to not lose by four, so Bucks plus three-and-a-half, and I've got the Bills plus eight. Both of those things have to happen at minus 130. Like I said, I'm not worried necessarily about – the Bucks losing the game. I wouldn't be completely shocked, I guess, um, because I know the Rams are very good, and they do have the talent on the, the defensive line to, to heat up the pocket for Tom Brady. So if they do those things, I could see them winning. I don't see them winning by more than three. So you tease through the key number of three. You get the hook just in case they uh, you know lose by a field goal. You still win the bet. And I think Bills Chiefs is going to be very high scoring. So getting eight in that game, I think, is super important. They could lose by a touchdown. I could totally see that. And yeah, I'm going to keep it a little more simple. That was a lot. It was a mouthful. But, you know, I got burned with Kyler. And if I were going to put a secondary pick in, it would be Bengals money line. Don't even know what the number is because <laughs> I'm all in on Joe Burrow. But Bucks, Bills teaser, Bucks plus three and a half, Bills plus eight. I think that's the one. Yeah, I actually have Bill's money line as my pick. Um, Let's go. That's that's something that I I just, once again, I just feel like Josh Allen's top game versus Patrick Mahomes' top game. I think Josh Allen has that running element and just like that smash mouth part of his game, that shit-talking part of his game right now, he juked some guy and he pointed at him. He pointed at that jock threat that he fucking (laughs) dropped shit. And... And for me, it's that the small stuff. Once you see a player get that type of confidence, I feel like you have to start betting on them for that run until they prove otherwise. Yeah, and the way I was, uh, the way I was talking earlier about the Packers, you would think that I would kind of, I may have talked myself into that, but I'm going to stick to my original uh, pick that I submitted for my whiskey pick to make it official. And I'm not, I'm going away from football. I'm, I'm going over to the UFC, UFC 270 this Saturday. Uh, it's not. Really a great card, a main card uh, for this fight. But the, the, the co-main event on this on this card, Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo. This will be the third fight. The first one was a draw. The second one we saw Brandon win the title off of Davison Figueredo. In a, I think he submitted him, and it was just it was an exciting moment. I remember we were over at uh, watching the fight and just the celebration we had because it was the first Mexican-born champion in the UFC, and now we get fight three of this uh, of this epic matchup. Unfortunately, I'm going to go with Davison Figueredo here. 
Uh, it's tough to win back-to-back title defenses, well, back to back matches like that for for Brandon, especially someone like we talked about earlier, Lee's, who came into those fights as the heavy underdog and managed to get a submission in the second matchup. Give me Davidson Figueredo on the money line, plus 155 as my official whiskey pick. I love it. I think, you know, this, like you said, the card isn't great, but I think the main event's going to be good to come in. Obviously, we're excited about you've got the scoop on it. One person to watch. You got to start watching early. Early prelims. Kay Hansen. Women's flyweight. I think she's going to be a stud from now on. She's getting her chance to really make some noise in the UFC. Follow Kate, Kay Hansen. K-A-Y. She's favored to win. I think it's about plus 190 or something like that. More than that now. Probably more than that now, but I'm gonna better to get a win via knockout if they'll allow me when these props drop. But keep a look out, keep an eye out for Kay Hansen. I think she's a, a an up and coming star in the UFC. Can I say, is there no scarier man on the planet than Francis Ngannou? Uh, I would agree with you. And now he's a movie star. I don't know if you guys saw the Jackass Forever trailer, but he is in that <laughs> movie. So. He's getting his name out there in Hollywood. Um, but, yes, I mean, if you see him on the street and he gives you a look, you have to jump and run across the street or hop in a car. I think the only way to knock him out probably is to hit him with a car if you're a regular civilian. Yeah, one of his trainers actually said that he's been hit in the back by a baseball bat and the baseball bat broke. Like the trainer, the trainer. The trainer got hit in the back with a baseball bat. The baseball bat broke and he – felt significantly better than when he took a body shot from Francis Ngannou. Wow. <laughs> Listen, I've swung a lot of wooden bats in my life. Like, I can't actually even believe that that's a thing. <laughs> that would be the worst pain of all time. Francis Ngannou, a plus 130 underdog. Oh, yeah, hammer that. What? Why not? Fuck it. I mean, okay. Gagne's pretty good. I, I yeah. think that... I think it's going to be a good fight. I don't think it's going to be a very long fight. I think somebody's going to get caught early. I think a lot of people are onto it. But you're getting plus money on that kind of guy. I'll take it, shit. If Francis doesn't get an early knockout, I think he's in big trouble. He's not known to go along in these fights. I mean, certainly so. He's knocking everybody out. So they don't really, <laughs> they typically don't go along anyways. But uh, Cyril Gagne, the size difference isn't, isn't too far off. I think he's a, a more well rounded fighter. Uh, he has more paths to win in this fight. He has better wrestling. I think if, if he just kind of survives that early onslaught that I think Francis is going to come out with, I think Francis is in trouble. He could, uh, Cyril Gagne could take him out into deep waters here and really uh, put it on the champ, and, 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 and you know, we'll have an and new at the end of that fight. But so Francis, I, don't want it to, I don't want it to be messy. I want it to just be a stand-up, let's swing at each other and see what happens fight. Because you're right. I think Cyril's too smart for that, though. Yeah, he knows. But I feel like the power that Nganu has, you know, it really doesn't matter your plan. He could blow that plan up with one one punch, you know. So It just takes one. It just takes one. So we'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, Sorry, I am not talking. I am trying to put this parlay together to see what the odds (laughs) would be for for the – you can't put the – the plus eight for bills and the money line. So I'm just doing the plus eight to be safe because I want our listeners to win money just in case I'm a dumbass. And uh, <laughs> so if you took Figueredo to win 
Uh, Bills plus eight and a half. Buccaneers plus three and a half. Three way parlay is plus three sixty seven. Mm, sounds That's good to pretty me. good money. The officially yeah parlay of the weekend. Yeah, I'll put that in for sure. That yeah, sounds good. If you put promo code YAPSHY, it does absolutely nothing on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to it's gonna delete your account. <laughs> or it might take money. It's like, yeah, sure, we'll give you some free bets because we know we're just going to rope you in and you're going to lose all your money anyway. So our, our you're from the YAP crowd? Get put oh, on you. I'll definitely transfer my debt. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to wrap up this episode of Yap Chicago. Once again, you can follow the show on Twitter at Yap Chicago underscore and on Instagram at Yap Chicago. If you like the show, don't forget to share us with your friends. Go leave us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Whatever it is, you just get the show out. We're trying to expand our reach here and get to more people. As you heard, we just like to have fun on here. So make sure you share the show. Also, make sure you visit tribecoffeecode.com and use promo code YAPSHY at the end of your order for 10% off of your purchase. My name is Edgar Perez. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at EP773 underscore. I'm Mike Bowling. You can follow me at Mike Alex Bowling on all my socials. On Twitter, you can follow me at Lee's 922 on Instagram at Elysio Corral. There you have it. This has been Yap Chicago. Have a good weekend. We will see you next week. Hey, yo, Dose Trace. Let's go. Let's go.